The views and opinions expressed by guests on this program are not necessarily the views of Thinking Bigger Business Media, Inc. or its employees. Welcome to Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio. Get the inside scoop on how America's most successful business owners transform their entrepreneurial vision into reality. And listen in as some of the top business minds in the country serve up practical advice, tips, and insights for growing your business. Now, here's your host, Kelly Scanlon. Good morning. Welcome to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. Our guest today is Mark LeBlanc. He is the author of Growing Your Business and Never Be the Same. Never Be the Same was published after his short 500-mile walk across Spain. He's a past president of the National Speakers Association, and his new book, When You Are the Business, will be available early next year. He speaks and writes on the core issues that small business owners and independent professionals face every single day. And Mark will be speaking in Kansas City in just a few weeks for the Kansas City chapter of the National Speakers Association. Welcome to the show today, Mark. Hey, thank you, Kelly. Great to be with you. Oh, we're delighted. You have been on your own for more than 30 years. However, you did start at a very young age. You were in your very early 20s, I believe 22, when you first started. So give us a the background. How did you come to be a business owner, especially at that young age? Well, I had a job once for about six months, <laughs> and I was inspired by the two words, you're fired. <laughs> That'll inspire you. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I was young. I was, I was 21, just uh, turning 22 at the time. And I made the decision uh, at that age to strike out on my own and I really had made the decision also to adopt a whatever-it-takes kind of mindset. Mm-hmm. And while I was young, and of course took me a, a, a little bit of a runway uh, to get going, I just decided to deliver pizzas at night and work my business during the day. Soon I didn't need to deliver pizzas anymore. <laughs> well, and, and that's a great story. What I, A lot of entrepreneurs do whatever it takes. I was at a recent conference uh, for women business owners, and one woman was telling me about a period in her business where literally in order to make payroll, uh, she sold her car and started taking public transportation to work. And, uh, you know, that attitude that you just described, that's what you have to have when you're an entrepreneur. Um, what business were you in when you first started out at 22? I started out as a as a printing printing broker. Um, I would work with small business owners and professionals, and I would help shop uh, their printing projects. And then pretty soon, I had a T square, and pretty soon I had a Macintosh computer in 1985 <laughs> and a laser printer. And pretty soon we were doing graphics and brokering printing. And within about, oh, probably two years, I was brokering enough printing where it made sense to buy a small printing company. Ah. And I built that over the next uh, six or seven years and then sold it uh, to speak and uh, write and coach full time. Okay. So you've been on the road ever since then. Let's get some perspective here. You started out at 22. Uh, that's been uh, approximately 30 years ago or so. What kind of challenges 
do you see in running your business today and the challenges that you had then? Uh, what, what has changed over time, whether it's because of the industry you were in, the marketplace changes, technology, what, what are they? And uh, what kind of advice can you give others based on those changes? Well, and certainly there have been changes. You know, back then, we used gas, <laughs> stamps, and the telephone uh, to mar- and printing to market uh, our, our products and our programs and services. And, of course, today with, uh, you know, the Internet and websites and technology and all of the different social media platforms uh, that are out there, the choices today, um, the challenge of choice has never been greater. Right. I think one of the biggest challenges, though, is that people hide today behind these social media platforms and all of the what I call the indirect ways of marketing and advertising. And maybe because I'm 54 years old and I've been on my own for 30 plus years, uh, I do incredibly well offline. And, you know, I'm still a fan of picking up the phone and uh, being face to face with my customers and prospects. And I, I use technology to enhance my business operations and I use technology to enhance my marketing plan. I want to be voice to voice, face to face using the phone, um, you know, in order to market and sell my products and services. Right. And you certainly do get an awful lot of time to be in front of potential prospects with the presentations that you give and the speaking engagements that you have and so forth. And then, of course, you reach so many through your books as well. Uh, What do you think in terms of, now technology, obviously, and social media have changed the landscape tremendously. What other kind of challenges do you think that uh, business owners today face that maybe wasn't really either an issue at all or wasn't that big of a deal 30 years ago? Well, I can only speak from experience and, of course, with the people that I speak to or coach, but I actually believe that um, courage is at the as, is at the top of the list when it comes to our business challenges. What do you mean and by that? What I what I mean by that is there are so many choices coming at us that we often don't have the you know don't know what to do in the right order. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's we treat every day like a Thanksgiving meal, and we put too much on our plate. And sometimes it takes a lot of courage to say no. Mm-hmm. I Kelly, love you hear. Oh, I'm sorry. I, no, I love that analogy. I've never heard it described exactly that way, but it is a perfect analogy. The Thanksgiving meal and putting too much on our plates because it's something that we all juggle with. It's just an unending stream of choices and messages coming at us and look here, look there, and takes you away from your core business focus. There's no doubt, and there's no shortage of opinions. Um, and I, I'll give you an example. With today's technology, and believe me, I'm a fan of the technology. I think sometimes people hear me, <laughs> and they think that I'm railing or ranting against all of the uh, uh, changes in technology. But today, it seems like we are expected to be accessible and responsive 
24-7-365. Very true. Well, that's crushing. And if an ER doctor doesn't need to be on call 24-7-365, why do we <laughs> as small business owners? True. And yeah. so I think, I think the healthy, and again, it goes back to, takes a lot of courage. I mean, fear manifests or reveals itself in a variety of ways. And I think this challenge of choice is critical. And in order for us to be uh, successful financially, as well as mentally and emotionally, we need to make sure that we step back and have a clear set of boundaries between uh, our work and home lives. Mm -hmm. Let's talk a little bit more about the choice because, uh, again, going back to diluting your core focus, that there's so many bright shinies that you think that you they look like a business opportunity, but they're business killers in disguise. They take you away from your, your core business and before long, nothing's working. What Obviously, if you had a shiny, every business owner had a shiny crystal ball to know which of those perceived opportunities were really killers, we'd all be making uh, millions of dollars. But what advice would you give for channeling some of those opportunities so that you can really see if it's something that you ought to pursue? Again, with this idea of choice in mind. Well, I'm a huge fan of routines. I'm a huge fan of rituals. I'm a huge fan of uh, uh, frames and formulas for helping us navigate the year-to-year, month-to-month, and, and day-to-day uh, opportunities. In fact, you, you talked about opportunities. I, I believe that there is a huge difference between real opportunities and t- what I call tangents. Mm-hmm disguised as opportunity. It really begins with your numbers. You know, if you are, and I know many of our, of our listeners are fans of Shark Tank. Yes. The two things that crucify uh, business owners and entrepreneurs in the Shark Tank, just two things. Um, they don't know their numbers or don't have a handle on their numbers. Right. And they're unable to articulate their story. Right. And that kind of uh, lack of lack of hesitancy or lack of knowingness around messaging in your story and the truth in terms of your numbers translates or leads to a lack of confidence, a, a hesitancy, and you or even your prospects, whether somebody's whether you're looking for an investment in your business or whether you are looking to a banker for a loan or whether you're looking to a prospect, they can sense that. Or sometimes I like to say they can even smell it on the telephone. <laughs> right. Well, when you're hemming and hawing around and I mean, if you don't know your numbers cold, it's very obvious. You, you, you're just scratching around and, and trying to, answer uh, and, and beating around the bush, obviously that's going to come through in a conversation. It is. It is. And, you know, I work very hard with small business owners and, and professionals who, um, and I like to say, they're in love with their potential. Yes. But they never lay down a foundation for that potential to emerge. 
and they continue to ride the roller coaster of ups and downs, or they they stay in what I call the getting ready to get ready mode. <laughs> sure. But when but when they get connected to the truth, and you know, then they can deal with it. Right. And one one of the things I heard on a panel a couple of weeks ago was when it comes to these new opportunities is if it's a really a new opportunity, you don't just go with your gut on it and say, oh, yeah, we're going to do it. And you're constantly in that getting ready to get ready stage to implement the new opportunity. Uh, you need to put a plan for it down on paper. Then you need to dedicate the resources for it. And then you need to uh, budget for those resources and only until you have put the numbers in the budget for that new opportunity and see that they work and see that they're going to result in the resources that you really need to if only then is it an opportunity should you you should pursue I, I love that um, description and I even uh, would add an element to that you really need to think in terms of the budget of time true we uh, we overestimate the opportunity, but we we vastly underestimate the amount of time that it takes. We can we can look at a, a. It's easier to look at the investment financially into an opportunity, but we've got to step back and really look at the time investment as well. Very true, and it's great advice. On that note, we're going to take a break. We get back. We're going to be talking with Mark about some of the concepts in his new book. You're listening to Smart Companies Radio on Blog Talk Radio. We'll be right back. As I went through school, one giant question loomed over me. What did I want to be? First, I had to decide what I wanted to make. I wanted to make more, so I became a teacher. Now I make learning a privilege, not a chore, and frustration a tool, not an obstacle. I make working hard seem easy, and giving up impossible. I'm a teacher. I make more. Find out how you can make more at teach.org. Make more. Teach. Brought to you by Teach and the Ad Council. We all want to run a smarter business, but how? The answer is ShopKeep, the iPad-based point-of-sale system that makes it easy to run a smarter business. From accepting payments, tracking inventory, running marketing campaigns, and managing employees, ShopKeep does it all, taking the guesswork out of running your business. Right now, and for a limited time, ShopKeep is offering $500 in free hardware. You heard that right. That's $500 in free hardware from ShopKeep. To get the $500 in free hardware, visit shopkeep.com forward slash smart today. That's shopkeep.com forward slash smart. Interested in growing your business? Thinking Bigger Business Media has the resources you need to grow your company to the next level. Whether it's an aspiring business, a startup, established, or mature, Thinking Bigger provides the how-to strategies, critical connections, and key information to make your business more productive and more profitable. Check us out at ithinkbigger.com and find out what successful Kansas City business owners already know. Thinking Bigger Business Media is the resource for growing your businesses. Visit us today at www.ithinkbigger.com. Good morning. Welcome back to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Samlin, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. We're visiting here this morning with Mark LeBlanc, and he has a new book out. Mark, that's going to address nine best practices for growing a business. 
And obviously, we can't talk about all nine of them in the little bit of time we have here today. But if you could single out one best practice that would make the biggest difference in growing a business, I'm sure our listeners would love to hear that. Well, thank you, Kelly. And I think I would go to best practice number two, because we have such a wide variety of business owners listening to this interview. But best practice number two tags along something we talked about in the first segment in terms of knowing your numbers. And when I talk about knowing your numbers, obviously, I'm assuming that every single, every single small business owner and independent professional is using QuickBooks or the equivalent thereof. But the second step is to reshape their profit and loss statement. What do you mean by and reshape it? We developed a proprietary way of knowing and looking at your numbers. And what we have people do is just create a new memorized report where we group the uh, four, five, six different ways that an owner takes compensation. We have them group all of their six, seven, eight, nine business development categories, line items. We group those. And then we group their office admin expenses. Mm -hmm. And then we create a formula for a particular business that says, here are our percentage targets uh, compared to your revenues. This is where we want to be at for business development expenses. Uh, this is where we want to be at for office admin. And this is where we want to be at for your compensation as an owner. Owners are too quick to either take money too soon or wait too long out of their business for themselves. And when I can get an owner connected to making a regular payroll, they will take marketing more seriously. They will market themselves more effectively and they will market themselves more consistently. Well, speaking of marketing then, what marketing idea did you try? You know, for the longest time, like your book said, you were the business. Uh, so what marketing idea did you try and did it work better than you thought that it would? You're obviously here still 37 years later as a business owner. Well, <laughs> the marketing strategy that one of them that I'm known five advocate strategy. And at a time when, like many, I was hoping for more referrals, I asked myself a very simple, you know, two questions. How can I stimulate more referrals? And the second question was, what can I specifically do in order to make that happen? You can apply that little two-step questioning process to any challenge or desired outcome in your business. But for me, it was around referrals. And what I did was I put together a list of 25 individuals that were, you know, fans or champions or cheerleaders uh, of me and my work. And then I just made the decision to connect with them in a top of mind way every 30 days. Mm -hmm. Not to ask them for referrals, but just to maintain top of mind presence with the people who believe in me and my work. So when you had these connections with them every 30 days, how did that 
How, what did that look like? Did, did you of just... course, it could be a quarterly newsletter, could be four of the 12 connections. Uh, one month, it might be a note in the mail. The next month, it might be an email. Uh, could be a holiday card, could be a small ad specialty or a gift, telephone call. I'm always mixing it up. Mm -hmm. And then depending upon geography, if they are on my target 25, once a year, I will be deliberate in taking them to lunch or breakfast or out for happy hour. Um, but it really is a nurturing, um, some might call it a drip strategy, but it's really a connection strategy to strengthen uh, those advocate-type relationships. The more I remained neutral in not asking for referrals, and the more I focused on nurturing the relationships, all of a sudden I had more referrals than I knew what to do with. Yeah. So, so they automatically uh, wanted to give back in some way for the uh, attention and follow-up that you were providing to them. They really did. And, and of course, as you get to know people better, um, you know, when you see them or talk with them, they say, well, you know, what's going on? Right. Or, you know, what are you excited about? Or what, what's happening in your world now? And, and I would just shine a light on something particular and say, well, I'm really excited about this or mm -hmm. this presentation. And it's like, well, I know somebody who could help you with that. Right. Well, I know, I know a group that would be that be a great fit for uh, this group of, of professionals or business owners. If you had to go back and look at your 22 year old self and have a conversation with that young man, what piece of advice would you give yourself? I, when I look back now, I guess I would, I guess you could call it my ego or you could call it arrogance or naivete. Um, but I would go back and I would tell him, be willing to raise your hand quicker when you are in a moment of struggle or angst, that no one accomplishes anything great alone. Get a great accountant, get a great attorney, get a great business consultant or coach, get a great, you know, web person, get a great creative person, but develop those relationships with people who will keep your foundation strong and then use them. That's great advice. Another way I've heard that said is if you don't ask, you don't get. And I think the very nature of many entrepreneurs is that they can do everything themselves. I mean, they are the ones who jumped and took the risk. And by golly, I'm going to make, you know, I, it's on my shoulders. But as you say, you've got to be able to ask and, and get help, especially when you're struggling. I think some people also think that if they show that vulnerability, you know, the the sharks, their competitors smell blood and they start to circle, but you have to, you do have to raise your hand and ask for that help. You cannot do it all alone. None of us were born business owners and people who have stood the test of time and historically been successful, even with some highs and lows, really took a team approach uh, internally uh, in their business and externally looking outside uh, their team uh, or their people to, to get some, 
get some good help. Right. So let's let's talk about the future of small business for just a minute here. And then I want to talk about your 500-mile walk across Spain. Uh, but when you look into your crystal ball, I asked you to go back in time a minute ago. Now let's look forward. Um, when you look into your crystal ball, what do you see for the future of small business? I don't believe there has ever been a better time to be in business for yourself. And whether you have a small retail business, a small manufacturing business, a small service business, and there are inherent challenges unique to each of those three small business sectors. But I believe that never been a better time to be uh, on your own. Also with that said, I believe the next 10 years is the decade of independence. Whether you are an independent professional, an independent dealer, distributor, rep, uh, people who strike out on their own. And of course, people are finding themselves own at 45, 55, 65, and we're healthier today than people were 30 years ago. That's true. We're living longer, and we want to take advantage of the expertise and the experiences that we have. Um, But it requires us to, I often say, think like an artist, but act like a business owner. Even if you are an independent, act like a business owner, practice the fundamentals, and the opportunities are there. You took a 500-mile walk across Spain. You didn't just do it once. You did it twice. What did you learn on that walk? I'm sure you had lots of time to think and lots of time by yourself. What did you learn that might help our listeners today? Well, now you just hit me with my favorite question. (laughs) And we Uh, only have about two minutes left. (laughs) Right. Uh, It's called the Camino de Santiago made a little bit more popular here in the States by the movie starring Martin Sheen titled The Way. The first walk, a 500-mile walk, I learned about commitment and what it takes literally start out and 33 days later end up in Santiago. The second walk, I learned about consistency and the importance of pace. We can go slower and get further. There's a great African um, proverb that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, take someone with you. Mm. And pace is so incredibly important on the Camino. And the second time around, I learned that if I walked a little bit slower, uh, took a few more breaks, drank a little bit more water. Uh, I made it in 29 days and I only had one blister about halfway (laughs) into the walk. That is great, great advice. If anyone would like to get a copy of your new book, When You Are the Business, uh, how would they do that? I know it's not going to be available until early next year, but where will they be able to get it? They could get it on amazon.com or they could send me personally an email, Mark, M-A-R-K, at growingyourbusiness.com. Mark at growingyourbusiness.com, and that's Mark with a K. And your website? Uh, Growingyourbusiness.com. All right, so you can find out more about Mark and some of the other books that he has and his presentations and just everything that you do for small business. Uh, We very much appreciate that, and thank you for your time today. Thank you, Kelly.
And if you'd like to learn more about how to grow your business, please visit our website at IThinkBigger.com. Follow us on Facebook, Thinking Bigger Business Media, or on Twitter at IThinkBigger. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.